Video. You know you need it. You know it's all but expected from Gen Z at this point. But you've got no time and little budget, and your Marcom department is two months late on those new program brochures they promised. So asking them to help with a video? Forget it. But what if video could be as simple as sending an email to a prospective student? Meet GoodKind, a video engagement platform designed to make each one of your prospects feel like they're getting the extra special treatment. As an enrollment manager, you're competing for attention. And in a sea full of static, boring HTML emails from other schools, a personal video is how you stand out and drive action. With GoodKind, you can bring your university, faculty, and students to life by designing an engaging, hyper-personalized, and video-first communications journey. Increase applications, increase yield, and decrease melt with the power of GoodKind. Visit wearegoodkind.com forward slash enrollify to book a demo and see just how powerful video marketing can be show your face show you care see the difference connection makes at wearegoodkind.com forward slash enrollify when i was transitioning to college you know i went i started a community college first so i stayed at home when i went to the u of i hour and a half away from home uh parents were slightly concerned which is a kind of an understatement um, they were concerned about the accessibility of the campus what do I do if my wheelchair breaks down what do I do if I have a med- medical emergency what do I do if I'm stranded and none of those questions were answered online it's not a knock to the U of I it's just a fact and so I think I mean, I had to go to campus to ask all those questions in person and realize, you know, what's going on here. But I, I think uh, a lot of universities miss the mark on marketing and, and promoting, essentially, how accessible their campus is, all the resources they have for someone with a visible disability and an invisible disability. All right, Ryan, we are, we're live, man. How are you doing today? I am good, Zach. Thank you for having me on. How are you doing? I am pumped to have you on the show. Thanks again for uh, connecting. I've followed you on LinkedIn and Twitter now for the last couple of weeks after we connected and love the content that you uh, you put out. So I, I want to just dive in here and I'd love for you to start by just giving us a little bit of a sense of who you are and what the Shark Tank pitch, so to speak, is for, for Team Trust Productions? Yeah, yeah. So who am I? That's a very philosophical question. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. So my name is uh, Ryan Wilson. I'm the director of Team Trust Productions. So if you, you probably can't tell, but if you don't follow me on any social media platform, you would also probably not get to tell that I have a disability. So I use a power chair. And when I was younger, I was a massive Shaquille O'Neal fan. So I watched about every basketball game with Shaq from 
the Lakers to the Celtics to uh, the Cavaliers. Saw him get injured and almost cried. Wow. Um, but as I as I watched his games, uh, naturally we see all sorts of commercials. Those commercials that we just can't fast forward through. Um, but I saw a lot of commercials of people who looked like me. So I am three foot eight and I am 60 pounds, about 59 pounds of pure muscle and one pound of cheese. Um, <laughs> but I, I saw those commercials with kids who looked like me, but they were always in the hospital, bandaged up like mummies. Mm plugged into a number of devices and just surrounded by family, friends, all sorts of medical professionals, as if, you know, the the end is near. Huh. As much as I wanted to play alongside Shaq, when I saw those commercials, I was like, you know, is it really reasonable for me to play basketball when I don't ever see anybody who looks like me? Hmm living in the dream that I want to have. Um, and so I kind of set that basketball dream to the side. Um, and then I went to the University of Illinois. That's where I went to school. Okay. And I majored in journalism. Uh, the U of I is where wheelchair basketball began. So no way. Uh, I had no idea. Okay. Yeah. How about that for a fun fact? That is a fun fact. And uh, so I immediately was like, okay, got to learn who these athletes are. And I saw an athlete who had my same disability was practically my size. Yet he was benching 200 plus pounds. Jeez. Okay. Well, <laughs> what am I not doing? And then I realized, okay, there are many athletes my size and even my age, I am 27, uh, who had six-pack abs. I was like, okay, well, hold on here. This is a little ridiculous. I need six-pack abs. And so I just kind of wrapped my life into wheelchair basketball and wheelchair track so huh. racing at the u of i the u of i has the only paralympic training center for wheelchair racing uh, and it's right on campus and so i went there as much as i possibly could at 6 a.m not to exercise but to just hang out with them huh. and eventually i started working with the international paralympic committee u.s olympic and paralympic committee and I heard all sorts of fascinating stories around the world of athletes, um, quite frankly, facing more challenges and obstacles than I have ever faced, yet they are winning gold medals, racking in some serious cash, and which is nice, and then making a big difference. And they're always sharing their kindness and their huge hearts with me and from those experiences collectively i realized that you know only one percent of tv ads these days showcase individuals with disabilities you know uh, even today although it is kind of getting better 
Uh, we see commercials of kids with disabilities and then all sorts of sad stories for inspirational and yeah yada 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 i um, think but, yeah yeah I, but i mean i feel like we also play basketball we also race and huh. i mean you don't, you don't know this zach but i have a serious six-pack out right now <laughs> i'm not gonna show it but uh, dude i believe I'm, you man i watched <laughs> some of your videos i was looking at you online man yeah i i uh I love you. So, Ryan, do you know do you know how many of like you're you're saying there's one percent representation of people that have disabilities in in uh, in ads, and then what is the percentage? I don't know if you know this, but what is the percentage of 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 those ads that do showcase folks with disabilities in like hospitals or you know uh, you know dying or you know something something pretty like severe and, and, yeah, and you know uh, yeah. intended to kind of pull at your heartstrings so you whip out your wallet and make a gift you know like do you do you have any sense of what that percentage is uh you know that's a, a really good question but I, I do know that hospitals uh are, are kind of the uh leading the way in that one percent mm. um unfortunately higher education so universities are really lacking in that they're, they're were really kind of non-existent um so which is funny considering how like progressive higher ed like holds itself to being right like higher ed's mm -hmm. all about dei right like that that's they've been championing that for for years now right so it's yeah, interesting that yeah. you know that as long as that fits into a context that you know feels good to them or makes sense to them in a moment um yeah that's that's interesting yeah. you, you would think universities would be some of the leaders in this space you, you know, you would think, Zach, uh, it would really make sense and, and make a huge difference. 25% uh, of students with disabilities drop out of college after the first year and then 35% after the next year. Um, and uh, a big reason for that is just they don't see anybody who looks like them mm. living their, their dreams. And when we showcase and place somebody with a disability in a video, a, an ad on a billboard, which would be cool. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're not only helping the disability community, we're informing kind of the general population uh, what it looks like to include people who perhaps are different from us, look different from us, do things differently than us. And it's just kind of embodying kindness and compassion and mm. we also learn about what it looks like to accommodate someone mm. Mm. you probably know this quite well zach when i went to school there were many buildings with steps yeah uh, to get in the buildings that it seems rather problematic for someone like me in a power chair yeah so obviously we we we, we made some arrangements but i've been carried into buildings before I, i'd rather not have be carried into a a building but you know when we uh learn about a perspective that's different from our own uh we really kind of expand our awareness to the reality of humanity how about hmm. that for answer hmm. wow dude that's um oh ryan there's so much here i think i think one thing i want to ask you right off the bat is you, you seem like this incredibly like confident uh you know champion of of folks who who have disabilities and you seem like again following you online and whatnot seem optimistic and encouraging and you produce like a lot of like life-giving stuff and, and i'm just mm. i just have to ask like did you have you have you always sort of just been like this 
super optimistic, like, yep, I was born a little bit differently. I have challenges that are different, maybe from like the average person, but that's mm. just me. Um, or like, or, or like, has it taken you a while to get to a place where like, you're not just accepting of yourself, but also like you, you feel like there's a, there's a important role that you have to play in, in advocating for people with, you know, with all sorts of disabilities, not just, not just the disabilities that you have. Oh boy, Zach, you're really throwing out the tough questions and <laughs> making me think. Hey, we talked about being transparent, right? We're all yeah, about you being know, I, so, I hey. will say for the listeners, Zach was kind enough to share a few questions with me beforehand. I didn't see this one on the list. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that is that's fair, all right. right. That is fair. I'll right. make it up on the fly. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I think I've always been, or, or at least I perceive myself as one who was always been very grateful you know my parents have always gone above and beyond to make sure i'm included and in, in all sorts of things um my mom when i was in elementary school would carry me on field trips um, mm. that were just full of steps and inaccessible trails through the uh, uh, monuments that i really didn't want to go through um so they, they always made a significant effort to include me. And it's been the case for my friends, uh, whether they had a disability or not. And so I also know kind of the other side of that is there are a lot of individuals with disabilities uh, who are excluded. That means excluded from, you know, a, a good social life, employment, uh, school, um, you know, just all sorts of things. And so I try to use my experiences of being included and and recognizing that and appreciating that as kind of an avenue to include others as best as I can. Yeah. When I was with the IPC, the International Paralympic Committee, I think that's, and that was really not all that long ago. Um, I just uh, heard some extreme stories of I suppose you'd call it pain and suffering. And from that, I'm like, my goodness, hmm. what, what am I, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then last year, uh, you might know this, Zach, if you have done some uh, digging on me, but I fell out of my wheelchair and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I broke three bones, which is really not the end of the world. I've, I've broken around 60 in my life. So. 60. So just another day. Yeah, yeah. Six, six zero. zero. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of lost track. Uh, but uh, last year, I fell out of my chair and had a surgery, um, and I almost didn't make it out. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I bought that Jeez, for a uh, little anecdote. Um, but I, I know uh, when I woke up from my surgery, I was out for two, three days under some pretty strong drugs that I wouldn't recommend. Um, <laughs> like fentanyl and, and all that good stuff. Uh, so when I woke up, I was in a children's ICU and, and uh, just being around other kids, at least for you know, when I was grabbing food, I, I kind of saw like, I really need to step up my game in terms of including other people. Huh. Um, yeah, and that's why I, I work so hard anymore. It's just 
a lot of people are not in good spots out there. So if I can kind of set a good example of, you know, grinding away, making things happen and, and really validating the stories of the disability community, then hopefully at the end of the day, um, that makes an impact. Hey everybody, Zach from Enrollify here. You know that feeling you get when your boss tells you to go find a new CRM? Or when you're tasked with finding a handful of digital agencies to respond to your RFP? It's exciting, but it's also a little overwhelming. Where do you start? How do you know what software or service provider is the best fit for your school's unique context? Well, that's why the Enrollify team built Chatter, a feedback platform built to help higher ed marketing and admissions teams find the software, services, and resources that they need for success. Chatter is your one-stop shop for reviews on CRMs, student information systems, application software, marketing agencies, online program managers, branding agencies, higher education associations, professional development resources, and much, much more. Our goal is to equip you with the information that you need to make the right purchasing decision for your team. Get started by reading reviews and writing one of your own, and then invite your colleagues to do the same. Click the link in the show notes below or head on over to enrollify.org forward slash chatter. Chatter, it's where great decisions start. So, so yeah. Ryan, is that, is that like, I, I just realized I was, I became so fascinated by what you were saying that we kind of skipped over the whole like Shark Tank pitch for Team Trust Productions yeah, thing. Yeah, so okay. what, what in a nutshell is Team Trust Productions? Yeah, so Team Trust Productions is a production company. We produce videos and films. A big part of that is helping clients, particularly in higher education and in the nonprofit sector, better understand and serve the disability community hmm. uh, through authentically telling the stories of individuals with disabilities. And uh, that's super important nowadays because more kids are acquiring disabilities, more adults are acquiring disabilities, and COVID just kind of accelerated that. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, 70% of Gen Z consumers are more trusting of brands with diversity in their ads, and diversity includes disability, and the market potential of the disability community is pretty significant, about $21 billion. Wow. So when we authentically put in place disability in our ads and marketing. Um, it not only helps the disability community, but it helps us all learn more about a community any of us could join at any day. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is honestly like such a such a humbling thing to think about, right? Like at any point in time there's an accident, right? And all of a sudden you're ushered into a community that maybe you weren't a part of before. Maybe, maybe you weren't born with, with a disability, right? That doesn't mean you won't die without one. Right. Um, which is, which is such an interesting thought experiment, but Ryan, I think, well, like one of the things <clears throat> I'll just be like super candid. One of the things I feel like I've always struggled with is when it, when it comes to being inclusive of the disability community is trying to toe the line between being inclusive without being exploitive. And I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you think about that? Like, you don't want to just throw, you know, a young adult in a wheelchair into a Facebook ad photo, just, just to, you know, check that sort of like inclusivity, like box, right? 
and yet at the same time it's like well you're saying there needs to be more representation which there absolutely does need to be so like how do you how do you wrestle with this yeah i think that's a common question a lot of people uh ponder these days yeah it, it, it is quite evident when you see pictures and they just so happen to include person in a wheelchair wow the focus of the picture is on the wheelchair itself well um but i think it's just kind of a matter of like what are your intentions Mm. are your intentions to check that box of inclusivity or are your intentions to be embodying the the act of being inclusive yeah and so i think uh at the end of the day it it would really make a difference if you start to tap into you know all these groups around disability so like that could mean a facebook group or a a local meetup yeah whatever just so you kind of establish a relationship and a presence in the disability community and so your awareness of what it means to have a disability is transformed for the better and you realize that maybe you shouldn't take a picture of specifically the chair but perhaps include the person yeah um and so you don't have to make a effort to find it you know a, somebody on your campus just to throw them in a picture yeah what if you went to them yeah. what if you you know like when I was in college at the U of I, I started up a radio show. Yeah, I want to hear about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rolling Alina. It was the only Paralympic specific radio program in the country. And so we included people with disabilities by going to them, learning their stories. And we had all sorts of people almost remarkable stories. And then I think that's something that could translate well to others. Just going to where the disability community is instead of forcing them to come to you just to check a box yeah yeah i i wonder too if like it's so a, a smart marketer once told me you, you shouldn't include anything in your creative uh in your ad creative that doesn't effectively speak to the value of the product that you offer meaning like you shouldn't have people like if you are not effectively delivering a product that meets the needs of um you know uh women of color right or or the disabled community then they actually shouldn't be in your creative right like things Mm -hmm. should be in your creative because you do you offer something that's really good for that kind of individual right or that that kind of persona that customer persona so to speak and so I, i wonder if like what what one of the things to consider here is like hey before you before you include a someone in a wheelchair uh, in your photo shoot, right, where you, again, emphasize the chair, first ask yourself the question, how are you creating a product and an experience that is helpful and valuable to that individual? Yeah. And if the question, yeah. and, and if you if you aren't, maybe maybe you start there before before you, maybe maybe that's the line. Like maybe the line yeah. between sort of inclusivity and, and exploit, exploitation comes from, can you genuinely say that everyone that's included in your creative you, you deliver a, a, a equitable sort of product experience as, as you do everyone else in that photo. I don't know. I think it's also unfortunate that many individuals with disabilities are not in leadership positions. Mm. I, I honestly cannot think of one university president 
who has a disability or at least has disclosed one. Huh. Um, yeah. And on the marketing side of things, when you think about, you know, I don't know what they're called, the vice chancellors of marketing. Yeah, or VP, what, yeah, VPs of marketing or yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're just marketing people. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the heads, I mean, how many individuals with disabilities are there out there? Not, yeah. not too many. And that so, disclosing. yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I don't have that stat. I, I, I've looked, but I will say I haven't found one person with a disability leading the marketing for a university. And I think if you were to place or hire, uh, consistently and retain and train, uh, someone with a disability and put them on your marketing team, it could really, you know, transform what you're doing. And yeah at a unique perspective. And and I do think there's also a lot of resistance to learning about disability. Like, you know, if you don't have an experience with disability, you don't have a relative or a friend with a disability, it can be kind of challenging to realize like, oh, wow, maybe this is important. It is indeed, as you were saying, very important to back up any communications you create with actions, because if you don't have any actions, it's going to look kind of fake and inauthentic. Yeah. So, yeah. Oops. Yeah. No. And like, like I think about, again, I think about um, just how much conversation there has been in, in recent years about helping, you know, listen to and craft messaging for and be, be inclusive of, of people from, from all walks of life, right? People from mm-hmm. uh, people who are a part of underrepresented, uh, underrepresented communities What's really interesting is that at least the conversations that I have been privy to or and or have seen online, right? Um, I, I I don't know that I could recall specific conversation around the disability community, right? And I and I do wonder if it's because it's it takes I don't know, like I, I don't know why. Like what why why do you think that that is, Ryan? Like why isn't that more readily like available in conversation? Why doesn't that why why doesn't that come to mind for as many people? I think again, I think it just kind of goes back to do you have any lived experience with a disability or with the disability community? You know, prior to when I was born, my parents way hadn't had much interaction with disability, uh, you know, maybe they knew someone who was in a chair or whatever, but then I come along and it's like, wow, this is all of a sudden very personal. And now I'm an advocate for the disability community. And so I I think it's just kind of trying to realize that not everybody sees the world in the same way as you. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, I, I think it just kind of be, kind of begins with acknowledging that maybe there's something out there you don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and there's a lot I don't know. And so that's why when I was, you know, and I, I still do this today, I, I tap into webinars and courses and groups that I know nothing about because I want to challenge my perspective of yeah. the world yeah. and learn how to be more inclusive yeah yeah which is i mean just unbelievably admirable ryan um and i think that there's Thanks. there's a lot that i've already learned and and look forward to continuing to learn from you i i want mm-hmm. i want to shift a little bit and talk about like what what are some ideas that you have of specifically like most of the people tuning into this podcast right they're 
VPs of marketing or directors of admission, or they work in marketing or admissions in some capacity within the context of a college or university. We've also got a fair amount of people that tune into this conversation who work in ed tech. And so some ideas or, or thoughts you have on how brands can do a better job, how colleges, universities, or just brands in education can do a better job at supporting and including the disability community. Like, are there are there things that you've learned through Team Trust? Are there things that you've learned from from your talking with your own clients that have been especially helpful that you could that you could share with us? Well, I'll start with a story. When I was transitioning to college, you know, I went. I started at a community college first, so I stayed at home. When I went to the U of I, hour and a half away from home, okay, uh, parents were uh, slightly concerned, which is a, kind of an understatement. Yeah, um, they were concerned about. The accessibility of the campus. What do I do if my wheelchair breaks down? What do I do if I have a med- medical emergency? What do I do if I'm stranded? Hmm. And none of those questions were answered online. Hmm. It's not a knock to the U of I. It's just a fact. It's a fact. And so I think, I mean, I had to go to campus to ask all those questions in person and realize, you know, what's going on here. But huh. I, I think uh, a lot of universities miss the mark on marketing and, and promoting essentially how accessible their campus is, huh. all the resources they have for someone with a visible disability and an invisible disability. Sure, I mean, they might have uh, uh, some sort of uh, center group department that focuses on disability. But are they buried on your websites? Huh. You know, uh, that that's kind of a problem, kind of a big problem. Um, I can't even pronounce problem. It's so big. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think it really just comes down to exploring what your offerings are. Do you have wheelchair athletics? Hmm. If so, are they featured on your website somewhere or are they buried under a thousand web pages that doesn't rank on google or anywhere yeah so if you fix that you begin to attract a couple more qualified students with disabilities yeah and uh and also you know what kind of accommodations do you have uh, on campus are your professors known for being super understanding when it comes to accommodations uh, what sort of resources do you does your disability department offer? Do they have testing accommodations, mm. labs? Do you have quiet areas on campus, sensory rooms? All these different things that many people don't think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and oh, where are your accessible bathrooms? Mm. Pretty important. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I had to figure that one out on campus, which is, um, which is which is just a. I mean, like, you know, it's it's a lot to have to worry. Like, campus tours like aren't the same, right? You're you're mm-hmm. talking to an admissions counselor isn't the same. Like, figuring out, oh wow, like how far is the admissions office from the car? Like, it's it's you know, or from the parking lot, not the same. Like, at it, there are all these additional sort of like, you know, I, I don't know if you would call them barriers, but there are all these you know, additional things to be, to be considered, right. And to be thought about that, again, you're, um, you know, uh, somebody, somebody without a disability coming on a campus tour, just, just 
doesn't give a second thought to right um yeah. you know you know what was interesting as you as you were sharing ryan um like i think about like you know dei trainings and i think about like um I, we, I never did this at my high school, but I had friends who they, they'd go to their high like at their high school as part of like, I think it was, I don't know if it was like part of sex ed or whatever, but they basically had to like carry around like, um, like a, a bag of like flour. It was like a, a, a pound or a couple pounds of flour. And like, I think that the point of, I don't know if they still do this in schools, but, but the idea was like, uh, the, the flower was representing like a baby, right? And like how you had to like, like if you were going to have a kid, right? Like as uh, as a teenager in high school, you're going to have to bring this this baby with you everywhere that you go, right? Like you can't just like leave the, you know, pound of flour um, in your desk while you go out for lunch. Like somebody's got to take care of it, right? So it was this kind of like weird way of like, I think, I don't know, de-incentivizing like, you know, unprotected mm-hmm. sex or unplanned pregnancy. I don't know. It was, it was kind of a we weird We didn't thing. use flour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if they still do that in schools or not. Um, but, but anyways, wh- one of the things I was thinking about, like, okay, how can you very, very practically and very tangibly at, at a mass scale help a community better understand, you know, a, a challenge, right? Uh, that some members in the community might might face. And I, I was even thinking, like, it'd be interesting to have some programming. Um, at, I don't know if this would happen within the context of a DEI training or what, but where people have to, and again, I don't know if this is offensive, you can tell me, but like where people have to actually sit in a wheelchair and they have to try to get to and from their classes all day in a wheelchair. Like, what is that like? What is that experience like? And then overnight, it's like, oh my gosh, here are 1,022 things on our campus that aren't accessible, right? Like mm-hmm. it would just be an interesting thing for, and schools, mm-hmm. some schools probably do this, but um, I, I guess, I guess this is a long way of asking a question. Are things like that, like offensive? Do, do you, are, are you as, as somebody with a disability, do you, in, do you appreciate when schools run programming like that? Like, is it helpful? Is it hurtful? Like, what do you think about that? I will say, I think there is some resistance to hopping in a chair and taking it for a spin. Yeah, I know people have done that in the past, and I know uh, that the, they've kind of changed their mind on that one. Not that I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but uh, uh, I, I think at the end of the day, it, it is appreciated when a university, any organization, makes a commitment mm. to the disability community. Maybe that's not a, a $10 million investment. Sure. Maybe that's just an acknowledgement that there's a lot we don't know. Yeah. So we're, we're going to go to this DEI seminar conference on disability. Um, we're bringing most of our staff members um, and they'll be studying this material, working on it uh, frequently. Um, and so... Yeah, I, I think it's a, it makes a big difference to invest uh, in some capacity yeah. in the disability community. When you think when you think Ryan about like recruiting students with disabilities, right? How can how can people in positions of power at colleges and universities who are responsible for like designing these marketing and recruitment campaigns, what what can they do a better job of doing in order to in order to attract more more students with disabilities to their community? Well, um, there are many things, but uh, for one, uh, is your website accessible? Mm. Does it comply with the law? Does it go above and beyond? <laughs> does your uh, 
uh, uh, you know, uh, recruitment materials, your, your pamphlets, newsletters, magazines, do they address disability? Do they talk about your uh, disability resource center, whatever you want to call it? Um, most of the materials I received when I was looking at colleges, they never addressed wheelchair basketball. Mm. They never addressed any of the accommodations I needed. Um, and so if you're looking to resonate and speak truth authentically to the qualified students with disabilities you're looking to attract, maybe start to speak their language, mm. you know? What, what yeah. are they looking for? Yeah. They're at the end of the day looking for safety. Yeah. You know, they don't want to go to a college in which they feel threatened by the inaccessibility of your campus or the unaccommodating professors you might have. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when we, when we do that, I think uh, you'll start to see an increase in applicants of students like myself. And, yeah. and the, just to clarify that a little bit, I'm not going back to school. I am done. <laughs> never going back to school. <laughs> but uh, you, you really do want to just speak to the concerns financial concerns, the yeah. accessibility concerns. Yeah. The, you know, there might be some concerns about discrimination. Hmm. I, I never faced that in college, but, uh, you know, that's, that's not always the case. Yeah. Uh, a couple final questions here, Ryan. One one is just around, take us back to, to what you started with, right, which was that you mm-hmm. you had this dream, right? Like, you okay. loved Shaquille O'Neal. You wanted, you wanted to be a basketball player, right? I yeah. know that you actually got to meet him. Uh, there's a photo of you on my twice. really twice. Okay, twice, yeah. which is amazing. Um, is one way of thinking about why inclusion of the disability community in marketing messages, in communications, right, more publicly uh, throughout a throughout a university or college's website, simply so that like other prospective students can understand, like, hey, like, you know, I I have a dream. I I, I want to be a biologist. I you know I have a dream. I want to be. I want to go into politics, right? Like I I want to be actually that first college professor, or, uh, college president that does have a disability, right? Like that's outward facing. Um, it, it, is is it fair to say that like until the communications and the messaging changes to be more inclusive of this community, that it's going to be harder. We're just kind of like delaying, um. We're, we're delaying the chance and really sort of the, the ability for people of the disability community to, to kind of realize their dreams simply because they don't have a visual representation of it. So maybe it's not Shaq, but like, you know, by not seeing examples of leaders, right, who look like them and who have, who have challenges like them, we're actually delaying the, you know, uh, chance that folks with disabilities will, will ever rise to these positions of power? Is is that is that fair? Yeah, you're very articulate, Zach. I should write that one down. Oh, I don't know about uh, that. I don't know. That was very that was very cumbersome. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I think it's a it's a significant opportunity that is missed hmm. by universities to not embrace disability. You know, we, we need to see people who look like us excelling. Um, in any profession, whether we want to be a professor or uh, you know, a college president, even the president of the United States, which I don't want to be. Yeah, I, I think we're missing a big opportunity 
And, you know, Gen Z consumers are just screaming for brands to be more diverse mm. in their ads. And as we see that, a small fraction of those, you know, ads that aren't embracing diversity, you know, showcase disability. But in the future, disability will become more and more common yeah. on college campuses. And so, you know, we might want to start embracing it now before we get to a point where we're scrambling hmm. to catch up to the diversity of the world and our own student bodies. Yeah. Absolutely. So well said. Um, well, this has been this has been a privilege, man. I, I want to get you back on to continue to talk and teach me. I think that you have a lot of opportunity to teach our listeners more about how they do that. I mean, a lot of people, again, tuning into this conversation are in positions of power where they can enact some of this change. So hopefully the folks who, who are listening to this conversation are inspired by your story um, and, and want to work towards towards making meaningful change. Ryan, if, if people want to get in touch with you and if they want to uh, learn a little bit more about Team Trust and have you and your team come and help them not just uh, talk the talk, but walk the walk, right? What is uh, what is the best way for them to get in touch and, and how might folks hire you all to, to help produce video content for them? So there are a couple of different ways to get, get in touch with us, but I will say you might be familiar with the marketing agency out there, PSNL. Uh, they're one of our big partners. Yes. And okay. so if you go to PSNL, you'll find us. But if you want to see my face on a website a couple different times, uh, you can go to teamtrustproductions.com. That's just our entire name.com. You'll learn more about what we do. You'll see our free uh, disability marketing guide. You can have that and use it wherever you want. Talks about everything we discussed today. And uh, from the website and from the guide, you'll see all sorts of examples of what we've done in the past, including with Team USA. University of Illinois and Lincoln Land Community College. And so that's that's the, the way to go. And I really appreciate your time, Zach. Yeah, likewise, man. And uh, to make it easy too, I'll just go ahead and drop all those links that you mentioned uh, in the show notes below. So if you're listening to this conversation and you want to get in touch with Ryan and his team and explore uh, his his company's offerings, just scroll on to the show notes and go and visit his, his website. But um, Ryan, thank you so much for your time, man. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Hey, y'all. Zach here from Enrollify. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Enrollify podcast. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing, learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.